Hello, thank you for tuning into this episode of Rainy Days with Tab. I am your host, Tabitha, and it's such a pleasure to have you here today. On today's episode, I have someone very special. And I think what makes you so special is how I know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't think I've, I didn't tell you this, but when you reached out to me, um, basically like giving me praises podcast and even like um wanting to make an appearance on an episode I was shocked I remember like yeah I remember reading the message putting it down and then reading it again like I'm sorry what I was like it's never I was shocked that you said yes honestly I was like she wants nothing to do with me why would she but I I mean I've always been told that we were so similar so it felt natural to you know Yes. Just reach out to you. Yeah, for sure. I did I did get the same I did get the same words about you. Um, but more so because it was just like, you know, okay guys, let me get to how I know Amelia. So number one, this is Amelia. And I know Amelia because you are still good friends with my ex. Mm-hmm. And that's why surprising that you reached out to me because it was after the end of the relationship and it was just in my mind, you know how when you're like you think that's your friend, so you're not gonna want nothing to do with me. And so that's ultimately where my thought process was, and that's probably what you were thinking as to why you said that I would say no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I figured that you wanted to just completely, you know, rid yourself of anything having to do with him, including me. And <laughs> um, yeah, but we've been friends for over ten years. I mean, I consider him my best friend and he says oh. I'm his best friend, but you know, Actions speak louder than words. Let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. No, he's a he's a great friend to me. I mean, um, he actually flew me out uh, last year, so we spent some time together in June because I hadn't seen him in like over a year, maybe, maybe like three plus years. So we had like a come to Jesus moment together. It was great. It was really great. So yeah, I would say we're best friends. Oh, that's awesome. Well, this is just just got. Came even more awkward, but okay. That's- oh, no, no, no. Listen, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm an open book. I've already cleared it with him. I mean, now that he can tell me what to do because I like you better than I like him. But no. um, he's like completely fine with anything that, that happens here. That That's is all. so funny. Definitely. Well, I will definitely refrain from even talking about that relationship um if little things come up here and there maybe but that's not Mm -hmm. the conversation for today if anything the focus is more on you and with that being said did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself tell the people who you are okay my name is Amelia I am 28 years old I'm currently um working full-time going to school full-time I'm in school for digital cinematography which is film And my goals are basically to become a screenwriter or director in the next 50 years or so. Because realistically, I'll never be done with school. I don't know. But um, it's going to happen. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. um, I probably have a love addiction. I don't know. So this is going to be the perfect. I'm the perfect person to talk about relationships because I'm always in one. Can't actually keep one. But, you know. I try. It's okay, girl. You're not you're not alone. Um we have so much to talk about that 
for this episode, guys, it's actually going to be split in two. I didn't want to give you guys a whole hour episode because I want us to just be able to talk. And I can um, talk. Yeah, without being rushed. <laughs> so this is going to be split into two episodes. Um, and this first episode is basically going to be covering being Black in a relationship and not wanting to date within your culture. Oh. And Amelia, you can go ahead and start off on what being Black in a relationship means to you. Well, it's a very um, difficult subject to talk about, but because it's so, you know, there's so many layers to it. Being Black in a relationship means that you are also, not only do you have the relationship aspect of you and another significant other trying to make it work with your different personalities and your different upbringings and your different views on life and, and goals and um, ideas of what love is and your different love languages. But then again, you add the added layer of being Black and you're thinking about the world outside and how that affects us, how it affects our insecurities and our ability to express ourselves and how it affects the way that we treat each other in the household because this is supposed to be like our resting place and yet this is where you can get the worst of a person, you know? So if they're feeling racism from outside and they're having a hard time advancing at work or getting something done or advancing in life, they bring it all home. And, you know, whether that's you living together or actually just being in a relationship, in a relationship, you are home, especially as a woman, you know, being like the caretaker, the matriarch, the nurturer. So you get the brunt of all of the aggression and all of the sarcasm and all of the the weight that is on their shoulders. And as black men, there is a humongous weight that yeah. we as black yeah. women feel in every facet of, of their experience, whether that's like, you know, trying to advance or commit to each other, start a family. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. So actually what you were saying is so good because in my head, I always told myself I wanted to marry someone that was black because, because the world attacks black men so much, I would yeah. want to be his comfort. I would want to be his, like you said, home. I would want to be his safe haven. And right. it's like, even if the whole world is against you, just know, like, I'm a black woman and I'm going to hold it down. The ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. That's, right. that's been black women. Always. It has. And it has me questioning whether that is healthy for the both of us, because trauma bonds are a real thing where you are not really together because you want to be together, but you have so much baggage that looks so similar to one another that it's easy for you to understand each other at your worst. And uh, sometimes that prevents you from showing up as your best because it's just like, well, you know, you get it. I don't have to explain it. And this is kind of like why I am the way I am, take it or leave it. And yeah. I've seen that in so many different relationships and in my own relationships. And it had me wondering, like, when do I get a break? When when do I get to have someone who doesn't come with a chip already on their shoulder implanted into this relationship that I have to save? And you know, by the time I got engaged, I realized, yeah, I've been used to saving a lot of people and it's no longer conducive to, to my mental health. 
So I had to reassess a big, a huge, it was a big wake up call. And it's not to say that every black man is going to be the same, but you know, it's worth, it's worth considering what are my reasons for being here and why am I still here if it's not working? And am I more kind of wanting to fulfill a role that would make me feel whole or am I just feeling whole on my own? Like, you know what I mean? Is, is this necessary for me to feel worthy or am I enough by myself without this? That's really good. I mean, you said so many things that I'm like, wait, 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 I want to hit that one. I want to hit that one. I, I talk a lot. <laughs> I just try not to, do, I try not to interrupt. You but you to. said so good um, because I'm sure you've even heard on social media and just, man, like just in general, like it's interesting how, you know, black, black women specifically want to defend black men, want to have their back and be supportive of them. But when it comes to the reciprocation, it just don't exist. Does not exist and i feel we've kind of it's kind of like stockholm syndrome like yeah i'm only with you because or munchausen i'm I'm using your abuse right or munchausen where you are addicted to saving someone and you get that that thrill from saying i'm the reason that they're doing well like if they need me to be okay that's also a thing um but yeah there's there's two sides the responsibility on the partner and why you know they're sticking around and the responsibility mm-hmm. on you why you're allowing certain things to slide when you know you deserve better yes yeah that's for sure um i didn't know we were going to mention it for this segment or the the next segment but you did mention it that oh, yeah, you were really engaged and mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember, like, when I did find out about the engagement, I was in a relationship, and it was very exciting, as anyone would imagine, and um, mm-hmm. at some point in time, that was, did we talk at that point? I'm trying to remember at what point in time did we have the conversation, that quick phone conversation. I think you were on the phone with him, and I was like, let me say hi to her. Um, oh, <laughs> that probably happened around the, yeah. was it around but, his your ex's graduation probably maybe that time was rough so i don't really i don't so know it's a lot of memories i don't know but um i just remember us saying like this is really exciting and that we were planning we wanted to eventually come visit right um it's been a weekend there um yeah. and i don't really know how i found out that you were no longer no longer engaged, but oh. could you go into that? Like, how was that process for you in terms of being engaged and then now not being engaged? And I mean, you can get into as much detail. Okay. Um. So we met at my job. I had just moved here from Florida. I literally packed everything in my car and left Florida to move to South Carolina, I should say, specifically. And I was working at a call center. And I remember the day I met him. It was like November, right before Thanksgiving. And he just joined our team. And 
I remember he was sitting in my seat, which everyone knew was like my seat because I, I just sit in the same seat every day. And um, <laughs> since he was new to our team, they just let him have the chair. And so I was like, excuse me, I don't know if you realize this, but that is absolutely my chair. And I'll let you sit here for like 30 minutes. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I was at the time. I mean, I wasn't, it's funny because when he turned around in his chair, I was like, oh, this is trouble. Like I knew, I was like this, you know, when you're just like a serial killer, you're just like, you're my next victim. It was kind of yeah. like that. I can't lie. We I know. I was like, I'm going to, he's going to be um, in my life and he's going to ruin me for a long time. I thought it was going to be weeks or months or whatever. Did not know I was going to be engaged to him at all. And didn't think I was ever going to be engaged in real life. I mean, you know, my mother was married three times. So I was very against marriage. And I was like, this is not something I need to do to be happy um, personally. But I was just like, okay. So, I mean, everyone at work who knew me was like, don't get involved with him. He's a mess. And um, I didn't see it. I mean, I knew he was a mess. I'm not going to lie. I did know that. But I guess I needed a project at the time. <laughs> not to sound like oh, I'm not arrogant, oh. But you know when you meet a man and you're just like, okay, so I'm not crazy about his dressing, but we can fix that. Or I'm not crazy about like, you know, he could, he, he's going to wear a different hat. I'm, I, I know as soon as I take him shopping, this will all come together. That was my mentality walking in. I was like, whatever the problem is, I got a tool for that. I could fix it. And I didn't vocalize it, but it was apparent in everything I did. You know, I mean, he was kind of resistant in the beginning. And I took that as a challenge. I was like, I'm going to tear down these walls and I'm going to let myself in and below the house it was it was maniacal really it was sick um and we dated sort of no 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 we did we dated obviously um for like four <laughs> months and then he proposed so i met him in november and he met he proposed april 20th 420 uh 2018 i guess no no that's a lie 2019 because we met in 2018 and um, it was it was quick. It was definitely not something that we talked about seriously at all because, you know, I was not interested in getting married. But um, in short, I'll just say that I told him I had certain requirements in order for me to be taken as seriously. He wanted to move in together. And for the purposes of saving money, you know, we were both on our own. He was living with roommates on a college campus, and I was living on my own in like a tiny studio apartment. I mean, four hundred square feet. <laughs> like you could spin around, and that was like door to door. <laughs> you were at the front door. You were outside. It was so small. So, in order to save money, he was like, "Let's move in together." And I didn't say I wanted to be married, but I was like, "I'm just not. I don't know you that well. I don't know what we're gonna be. What if we hate each other in a year?" We have a lease that we're bound to. And he wanted to show me that he was fully in, committed. And he proposed three times. Actually, It was so extra. So he was like, I said, if we're going to do something like, you know, special, because I think we were coming up on like our half year anniversary. I was like, I want to go out of town. I don't want to be here 
I just didn't want to be there. And he drove me up to Myrtle Beach and bought like a ring from Walmart. It was not extravagant or anything. Um, and he had planned to do it. We got there like a Saturday morning. He planned to do it, I think, the next day because that's when the carnival was actually going to be open and things were actually, we just, just arrived. Um, but he couldn't wait and he did it in the parking lot. And like right as we were about to leave, we we're like, okay. I knew what he was doing, and I was like, he is not about to do this. Like, that's not him. He's some, I mean, I was literally physically ill. Like, we went to a restaurant, and I was sick in the bathroom, nervous. I was like, what is happening? So, it was not the sweetest thing. Um, but then he did it in the parking lot, and I was like, get up. You're not doing this here. There's literally teenagers. It's 420 weekend. There were teenagers all over. I was like, get off the floor, get in the car. We were going, <laughs> we are not in this air. But he got me to say, I was just like, okay, okay. It was not even a yes. It was like, okay. And then we got to the hotel and he did it in the hotel. And he actually went to buy like rose petals and stuff. And it was very sweet. He, he did it in the shower, if you know, but it wasn't like sexual or anything like that. Um, but in the shower, he had like a beautiful speech. And even though, you know, we're not together, that will always be like stuck in my memory as the sweetest thing that happened. So then, um, I finally told my sister and then she came down maybe like two months later and then he did it again for her when she was there. So she got pictures and got to experience it with us. And that's when I posted it on Instagram. I was like, okay, now it's actually a thing, you know, before it was like between Mm -hmm. us. And now it was like a, I can start telling people kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm like thinking like, oh, where to start? Okay. The first thing that you think that I was like, oh my God, like I didn't know I had that issue, but during my time of therapy, I learned that I'm that way too. Like when I think about the Upgrade You song by Beyonce. I, like, I'm ready. Because I'm like, I'm ready. You got your tool belt out, ready to go. Ready, let's get to ready work. Ready to go. And like, and like you said, like I didn't know I loved the project. Like, oh, you got that? But I got that. I'll make it right. And it's so, it's such a toxic mentality. Mm. It's so dangerous. And no one went- Hmm? No one wins with that. He doesn't win by being emasculated in that way. And you don't win because it's probably going to fail. Yeah. Ah, it's so, it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard because it's like a part of me is like, okay, I just want this person to be like this, this, and this, and this. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, then if you want to change so many things about them, why are you even with them? Right. Right. You're, You're not with the person for who they are. That's not who they are. They're who you want them to be. And of course, when you start making all these changes or they start giving in or they start like accepting certain things or, you know, it, it's like they retaliate in the sense of like, they drop you like, okay, bye. Like they're just done. They're just done. Right. And you, cause no one wants to be told. No one wants to be told they're not enough. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Especially a man. Right. They won't accept that. And so 
I mean, when you were saying all of that, I was like, man, I completely understand. I was literally going to be in a situation like that again, not too long ago, like someone trying to get to know me and he had all these issues, <laughs> just all of them. And at first I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm not going to fix him. You know, we just, we're just friends at this point. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I found myself wanting things. And then thank goodness. Like, I know some people like just don't care about their fear. They don't feel like the best for them. But I will always be a therapist. I'll always be an advocate for therapy because I would have probably been in that. I would have probably still been refining at this point in time. But when I realized like, oh my God, he's giving me work. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be work. This is going to be effort. And I'm like, I'm not fixing you. Thank goodness for myself. I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. This is too much responsibility. It's not my job to fix you. It's not my job to, to refine you. Like if you have trust issues, if you have this, you have that, go figure it out on your own, buddy. Whenever you're ready, if I'm available, you can come back. But yeah, even that is like, I'm on, it's a little iffy. Um, And, so, and that's why therapy is so so crucial because that objective viewpoint from someone who is a licensed professional who can stop you in your tracks and be like, "Up, oh, what you're doing right now is kind of, you know, it seems like you're reestablishing old patterns. It's key. Yeah. Yeah. And that was scary for me. I'd have to say, like, when it comes to even like getting in a, getting in another new relationship, what terrifies me isn't that the person is going to treat me bad or they're going to act a certain way towards me i'm scared that i'll allow them Hmm. yeah and that's more terrifying yeah because you only you only do what you what you allow and yeah. i don't allow none of it <laughs> none of it not no more at least um but to go to your engagement story, I mean, what were you thinking? Like, why did you keep, other than the fact that there were so many people around in that parking lot, why Why did you feel sick? Why did you, um, why well, was he, when he was on his knees, you're just like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like, yeah. where were those because thoughts? Like, what were those those thoughts were just like, this is not right. This is, you're going to get yourself locked in to a relationship that should never have progressed this far in the first place. And I mean, it's a perfect thing, segue to what you were just saying, because it, it was what I allowed to happen. Like he was an aggressive guy. And the first time I think that I invited him to my apartment, he I don't remember even what we were arguing about, but he broke one of my dishes in rage. And my reaction to that was I grabbed a plate and I broke it too. And I was like, before you let me feel unsafe in my own home, I'll kill you. And that should have been my, like, I mean, not even a red flag. That is like a building full of flags. Like that is (laughs) UN. Of red flag, okay? Like, outside the UN, when they have a flag for every country, they're all red yeah. in my And yet, yeah. I said, you know, he was impressed by it, because he was toxic AF, but he was impressed by it because he was like, okay, she can handle her own. But I didn't realize that I didn't 
I don't have to be a strong defense in a relationship. I shouldn't have to establish myself as someone who, you know, can fight you if I have to. But in my head at that moment, I was so insecure and I was so, I'll say it, desperate for love at that time because I had so many family issues going on and I was in a new place, in a new town, and I just wanted to be with someone, not as seriously as he wanted to be with me, but I wanted to be with someone who made me feel like alive and challenged and excited to to be a part of something and to do the work and whatever. So. Yeah, of course, I allowed it to happen and it did not get better. It got worse. And yeah, fortunately, he never put his hands on me because I'm Jamaican and that does not happen. Don't kill. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but, um, he continued breaking things throughout our relationship and eventually, you know, nearly broke me mentally. But still here. So I ended up leaving in the span of like a weekend. I remember crying at my leasing office to my property manager. And I'm just like, this is what's going on. I'm afraid. And I have to get out of there. And she was like, okay, she helped me get an apartment. And she was like, this is it's Friday. If you want it by Sunday, it's yours. Just move. And she was in an abusive relationship. So she understood and me and my cousin, we cleared out our my space and he was there. He came and she's she's Jamaican too, but she's crazy, like compared to me. So it was very peaceable and um I got all my stuff and I just cleared out. It was and so that was seven months after we got engaged. So our full relationship lasted like maybe eleven months, I think. Yeah. Almost a year. No, no, no. I am lying. A little bit over a year. Maybe like a year, 13 months. It was intense. It was a wake-up call that I desperately needed because I always told myself, growing up, like, watching Lifetime, and my mother was in an abusive relationship with my dad, and I I was so convinced. I was like, I'm not going to repeat the same patterns. I know Mm. what to do. I'm smart. And you don't even know when it happens because you are so caught up in the idea that you can change a guy and you are just what he needs and he's just upset and you can comfort him and love all of the anger out of him, all of the sadness, all of the self-destructive behaviors. You can just love him until it's all okay. And it's like, when do you love you? I mean, by the time I realized how deep I was, I was so, I was like, how did I get here? I oh mean, yeah. At that point, he had broken our TV. He had trashed. I mean, I came home and I'm I paint, and he had taken like all my paints and ruined the carpet in our second room, and cost me like three thousand dollars worth of worth of damage in our apartment. He had broken the cabinet. It was just like it was chaos. Now. Most of it was chaos because I was emotionally tapped out and he knew that and he was trying to like act out, I guess, and get a reaction. But I was so numb to everything at that point. I was just like, I just, I just didn't care about love anymore. Like I was like, this is it. After this, I'm never going to date again. I'm, if I make it out of this alive or not in jail, I was like, this is, I'm never going back to this. 
it took a long time for me to be okay. Therapy helped for sure. And being alone helped, but it was a tumultuous year of like reassessing who I was, how I got there and how I can make sure I never get back there again. But yeah, it was, it got ugly. Oh my God. Amelia, like first I have to say, thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to like share that Um, because that is not easy. I think you said it perfectly. Like anybody and their mama could be like, oh, I'll never go through that. I'll never do that. Um, Or I'll never accept that. And it's like, like, you don't know what you'll accept. And like, I think sometimes even too, like when it's happening, because it's happening so fast, you're not, it's like, you don't even have time to catch up with yourself. Um, And I think you even said it perfectly. It's like, you saw the building worth flat, but you wanted love and you wanted acceptance and you wanted that comfort. And unfortunately, found in the hands of an abuser. Mm-hmm. I never really know how the love will come, but I think when it does come, our first thought isn't like, okay, like, let me want better. It's just like, well, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been wanting. And I mean, if it's, if I did say it already, I am so sorry that happened to you. I'm so sorry. I'm not. No, no. Well, I you mean, because that's why I said like, I'm sorry. Cause you don't deserve it. I mean, no. even if it happened, even if he never actually physically put his hands on you, that was mentally draining. I mean, oh, yeah. there was one guy that called me crazy. Mm-hmm. And I know he's like when we were talking, he didn't say it like, "Oh, you, you so crazy." No, he's he called me crazy, and I'm like, "Hold up, I'm not your mama. Don't talk like that." Right. And I had to cut it right there. But mm-hmm. there were moments during that moment I could see myself, especially because he came back. That's not that's not how I meant it. I saw myself being like, "Well, you know, maybe that's not how he meant it." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. That's not that's how he meant it." But like I said, I saw myself wanting to give in, wanting to be a little more softer about it. And so mm-hmm. that's why I say I'm sorry. Because like I said, you didn't deserve that. Not even for two right. seconds. A minute. Not not in an, in an eternity of life. Did you deserve yeah. to be by somebody's child? Yeah. You know, it's easy. It's not easy, but it's... I remember rationalizing a lot of it because... He himself had been abused and it's never okay because either you grow up to be an empathetic person who understands like a decent human being, you know, and says, I will never repeat the same patterns. But for me, I was like, this is the environment he grew up in. And if I teach him how to use better communication skills, you know, I was a teacher. I was a preschool teacher for so many years. So when he threw an actual tantrum, I feel like I was trained to know how to deal with a tantrum. And when I started to get like the the uh, gratification from diffusing him, I was like, okay, we're heading down a good path. Not realizing like you're not here to raise your fiance. Like, <laughs> who yeah. does that? Yeah, raising a grown man. Um, and I was like, this is not my monkey, not my circus. Like, this is not you know. That's my. <laughs> Not your monkeys, not your circus. You don't have to deal with that at all, at all. 
I mean, I, I'm glad it only lasted a year, but I can't believe it lasted a year. Like, it's jarring to see because I did not recognize myself. And the worst part was I pushed everyone else away from knowing what I was going through because I was so ashamed of being involved in the situation. And I I was just the advocate for women. I mean, I was so certain that I would never, ever be in that relationship. I thought I knew all the signs and it happened so suddenly at a, at the, just the right time when my defenses were low. And um, it humbled me. It humbled me to know that it's not about how smart you are. It's just about being willing to see what's in right in front of you. Wow. A lot of women, we put up rose-colored glasses because he's Girl. so fine. Good. <laughs> he's so fine or he got a little bit of money and he comes from a good family, so he must be a good person. And he's in school and he wants a career and he has a good head on his shoulders and his car is good. And, you know, his friends seem to like him and he has a sister and he has a mom. So he must be a good guy because he knows how to treat women. Yeah. Rose-colored glasses. Just mm-hmm. like he's rose-colored glasses. And this conversation is going to continue, but I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. And I just want you guys to stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye. <laughs>